Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Tanya Hunnink, a registered dietitian who has worked in all areas of dietetics and has started her own meal planning business called Meal Squeeze. Tanya is a native to my favorite state of Iowa and at one point worked for the same company as I did. Tanya is native to my favorite state of Iowa and at one point we actually worked for the same company. Throughout her adventures as a registered dietitian, she has worked in many different areas of dietetics. She's been in clinical, outpatient, food service, and school nutrition. She has developed a passion over the years for equipping families of all sizes to sit down for a balanced meal together, which has led her to creating her own business. Not only is this meal planning service great for families, but it is also great for other registered dietitians to use with their own clients. Tanya shares some great insight of how she created her business, marketing her business, and a few business tools she has discovered along the way. Please enjoy my conversation with Tanya. I love your your Instagram account and your business. So I'm so glad that you're going to share all that with me today. That's so exciting. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited yeah. to do this. Are you drinking coffee? Are you like <laughs> getting your mojo ready? <laughs> I am definitely drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. Well, why don't you kind of take me back to how you kind of got interested in dietetics or kind of where... Did it fall on your radar in your life and how you um, kind of gotten to where you are today? And then we'll kind of talk about your business and what the future holds for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was raised on a farm in Northwest Iowa and I went to Iowa State and I had no idea that dietetics was even like a career at this point. Right. So I started in college studying animal science. I was going to I wanted to do swine nutrition. I loved pigs. I loved nutrition. I thought that was a good deal. And I did really like it. But then I started working for the USDA while I was in college and found out, you know, I kind of need a PhD to do what I really thought I was going to do with this. And I didn't, you know, I was on board for getting a master's, wasn't really sure I wanted to go quite that far in school. Sure. So I was like, well, do I stick with pigs and do something else? Or do I stick with nutrition and see what else I could do with that? So I took one FSHN class and I loved it. And then the rest is history. I ended up switching majors. Yep. (laughs) And uh, I was like, I didn't know this was a job. You know, there aren't a lot of dietitians in rural Iowa. So I didn't even realize what opportunities there were. And so, yeah, I ended up switching majors and just loved it. Went to University of Iowa to do my internship. Loved the clinical setting. I was like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do tube feeds and TPN and all this stuff. And then my husband and I decided to move back to middle of nowhere, Northwest (laughs) Iowa. (laughs) We don't have a lot of uh, tube feeds and TPN up in our neck of the woods. Probably not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I was so a little switch again. And I ended up um, working for Hy-Vee for about five years and just loved that the focus was more on like empowering people before they're sick, you know, um, and just encouraging people to try new foods and learn what they can to take good care of themselves um, 
and actually have patients who are able to, you know, or, or clients who can sit up and talk to me and not, not intubated. So that ended sure. up being a really good thing that we moved home because I don't think that clinical in the long term would have been the right setting for me. But so really all, and I think it's, when did you switch in your, in your college careers from what you, what you t- intended to start out with? Were you early in college or were you later in college that you Well, quit? you know, I thought student loans are so fun. I might as well just <laughs> get my bang for my buck. So I was, a, oh, halfway through my sophomore year. Maybe, I don't think I officially changed majors until the start of my junior year. Okay, so, so you were quite far into yeah, it. Yeah, I was a ways in. But luckily, a lot of it crossed over. So I ended up being there for five years, but it was fun. Why not? That's not bad. <laughs> well, yeah, you only get it. Hopefully, you only get to do it once. So <laughs> exactly. And now I look back, I'm like, oh, college. Those were the days. I know. I would love to go back to college. I would, I'd like to go back as an adult, don't you think? And just kind of like, I would love to retake some classes that I probably right? could have been more dedicated to. <laughs> I would crush it if I went back. I know. Now. <laughs> I would be so smart. I'd be like, wow, I'm going to, I know how to study better. I know how to be efficient. It would be right? totally different. <laughs> I know. Well, that's Maybe good. Maybe when that. I'm done paying for the first round, I'll go back. Jeez, oh, I know that takes a while. <laughs> I think that's great, though, that a lot of your classes kind of transferred over, you know, that they're... Yeah, they it ended up work. being really smooth. Do you ever regret not going through with the spine nutrition and focusing on on that aspect of nutrition? No, not at all. I mean, I guess sometimes it would be nice every now and then I think, oh, you know, if I had stuck with pigs, they eat exactly what you tell them to eat and they don't like, <laughs> they don't sass you, right? <laughs> so luckily I have had very few difficult patients or clients in my life. But every now That's and then, I think, oh, you know, maybe working with ones who couldn't talk back to you wouldn't have been so bad. But I think sure. I, <laughs> I really like human nutrition. I, I like that there's, I guess it's frustrating, but it's also really exciting to me that there there's not very many clear cut answers, you know, and there's so much personalization. And I think maybe I would have liked that it's a little more clear cut when you're talking animal nutrition, but it's such a fun challenge with humans. Because you never know what you're going to get. I mean, it's exactly. so different for everybody. And then, you know, you think about the clinical perspective versus kind of the more community perspective. And I mean, there are similar, some similarities, but there are some very vast differences. Yes, huge. I have been amazed at the different positions that I've had in dietetics because you know, I did Hy-Vee and then I um, worked a couple years for our small critical access hospital doing inpatient and outpatient and food service. And then I've also done like some school consulting stuff with their menus. And it's oh, wow. amazing how every different position you have is just totally different skill sets. Like, uh, you know, it's like starting over learning totally new things. And so that's, that's a fun challenge, but I don't think, and maybe it's like that in every career, but you know, it can be totally different in the world of dietetics, what you're actually doing. Well, maybe talk a little bit more about, um, you know, critical care access hospitals. I think a lot of people don't know what that is. And you wear many hats in that you just stated in that position. So maybe talk a little bit more about your experience with that. Yeah. So I started working for a small hospital 
Um, we, we briefly moved to Minnesota for my husband's job. And then when we moved back, um, I had still been working with Hy-Vee. And then when we moved back, there weren't positions open. And it just so happened that our little hospital was looking to have their own dietitian. They had been contracting, but they wanted to kind of expand their services. And so um, that ended up being awesome timing. And it was kind of fun to jump back into the clinical world a little bit after taking mm-hmm. a hiatus from it. Um, I definitely had to crack open my <laughs> notebooks again. <laughs> Brush up on some things. I, yeah, I'm like <laughs> texting my friends that are still work at Iowa. And I'm like, remind me how we do this again. But so that was kind of fun to get back into that. But yeah, so, you know, we have um, 22 beds. So little different than my internship at University of Iowa, where there were like 600 beds. Um, And so we see just a little bit of everything. But a lot of what we see is, you know, our elderly patients, and they're, they're there for pneumonia, or maybe, um, you know, some of those more common diagnoses. But we also do what's called skilled care. And so we have patients that are there for um, sometimes as little as a few days, but up to several weeks where they're working with um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, maybe speech therapy, um, and just strengthening before they go back home or back to um, maybe assisted living, you know, so they're working on those skills and strengthening. And so um, that's kind of unique about our hospital that we have some people that stay there for a long time. And so then we really try to do, you know, the whole interdisciplinary plan of care. And so we have care conferences with them and their family. And so that's part of what we do. But, you know, we we get the random tube feed or TPN Mm -hmm. start. And then I'm like, got to remember what I'm doing. Not so much the tube feeds, but the TPNs are pretty rare, you know. Yes, yes. Um, Because most of the time, if people are really sick, they're they're heading out to Sioux City or Sioux Falls. They're not staying where we are. But um, but yeah, and then I do a lot of outpatient counseling, which is my by far my favorite part. I just love that. Um, so we have a pretty robust diabetes education program and I work with that, um, as well as a fair amount of eating disorder patients. We have a couple, really? of, yeah, we have a couple colleges close by and we get a lot of referrals okay. from there. Huh. So that's, that's been an area that I've been working on, um, you know, getting a little more knowledgeable and proficient in too. And then, yeah, just your other weight management, all sorts of different things. Um, and then food service. So that's like the whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother thing. shift, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, we have our hospital and then we also have, um, a long-term care facility. And so we have lots of food service needs in both of those areas. So different things with those as well. So yeah, li- really oh a little God. bit of everything. If you are someone who doesn't like to do the same thing over and over and over, find yourself a critical care access hospital to work at. Because every day is totally different. You just never know what you're... And, when that, and I think it's kind of interesting because there are so many... You don't hear about critical care hospitals very much in those smaller town areas. Because how big is the area that you live in? Like, how big is the town that you live in? Um, so the town that I live in is uh, maybe 7,000. The town that I work in, I, w- I work one town over, is maybe eight or 9,000 Okay. And I think that's an untapped market for dietitians. We don't think of that. I mean, not all of us are wanting to move back to, no. you know, maybe where we grew up or a smaller, a smaller, you know, area of, of the world. But I think it's a, I think you can really make an impact in that type of a situation. Yeah, definitely. We have so many different opportunities to work on, um, both in the inpatient and the outpatient setting. It, 
yeah, I, it's not something that was on my radar either when I first became a dietitian because a lot of the critical access ones, they contract and they maybe just have someone there one day a week. But if they can have somebody there three, four or five days a week, there's plenty of work to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So sure. if you're thinking you want to end up in kind of a, a more rural area too, even if a hospital is not looking for someone, reach out to them and find out because maybe they are actually interested, but it's hard to find dietitians in rural, rural areas too. And so sometimes it's just about talking to the right person at the right time. Sure. And if they know that someone's really interested and, and wants to live there and you probably get recognized because you're, how many hours do you work kind of a week doing um, stuff for them? Yeah. So I was working 24 hours um, for them, which it could have been more, but that was all I was looking to do at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But then last spring, when I had my son, I ended up cutting way back. And so now I'm just working one day a week for them. So around eight and, hours. And that's and that's another beautiful part of it, too, because you probably can kind of work with whoever's in charge and, and be like, I'm available these hours. I can do this. So it might be very conducive for a person that has other projects, kind of like you do on the side as well. But just kind of a good marriage of getting that professional experience than maybe doing things that you enjoy, whether it's family or, you know, your own side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a really good fit. Yeah. I always, I always thought um, as I got older, I would love to do that, like buy an acreage and just live on like out (laughs) in the middle of nowhere and maybe contract with a critical care hospital and do some fun stuff. Cause I feel like the community recognizes you as like, Oh, there's my dietitian. She's the one at, everywhere at the school. She's at the hospital. She's here. She's there. So you probably get recognized all the time. You're like a celebrity. Yes, kind of. I had to laugh. I (laughs) went to this nature camp this summer with my daughter and this lady just kept looking at me and looking at me and looking at me. And finally, like halfway through, she comes up to me. She goes, you're the meal squeeze lady, aren't you? And the the (laughs) gal that I was with, she was like, oh my goodness, is this like a celebrity sighting? Like, am I famous now because I'm with you? I was like, no, what it really means is that I have to start showering before I go to the grocery store. (laughs) People recognize me and I'm going to have to look presentable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's funny. But it's true. I feel like I, it's just kind of a great community to be a part of. And I think you can really make some great impacts as a dietitian in those smaller rural areas. Yeah, I love it. There's so many different opportunities and different groups who, you know, want to learn a little bit more about nutrition and I get asked a lot to come out and talk to different groups and schools and at different trainings. And it's, it's just fun. Do you, and you said you mentioned you do some stuff with like the school. Is it like a certain school system that you work with, like as a total, or is it just one building? Yeah, I have two local school systems that I contract with. And so, um, one of them dates way back to my high V days that I started doing it when I was working with them. And then, um, the other one is just the it's and it's the school that I went to, and so the superintendent called me and he was like, "Hey, you're a dietitian, aren't you?" <laughs> and um, so yeah, I just help out their food service managers, making sure that their menus are compliant and um, helping them with their. They both use the system, the software system Mosaic, and so I kind of help okay. make sure they know what they're doing in there and do in ingredient and recipe input into there, and you know it, it's. It's such a puzzle. It always seems so straightforward of like, 
okay, you serve a meat and a grain and a vegetable. But when you get into all the subgroups of vegetables and, you know, the minimums and maximums of everything, it really is like if you want to make one change to what you're serving on Monday, you end up having to change something on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you know, to make it fit. Interesting. Yeah. And so huh. they just don't have the time to sit and mess with that. And so that's kind of where I come in. So it's not a huge time commitment. I'm kind of there more for support, but I would love to see down the road getting into the schools more and doing a little bit of education with the staff and the students. So that's where and I'd like it to go long term. Well, and I feel like you, you kind of have with Hy-Vee, you probably dabbled in a lot of different things like that. So you're probably, you've done a lot of things. So when you think about what your like passion is and what you want to focus on, is it more like that school aspect or is it more, you know, the cookie, you know, kind of where are you at when it comes to all the things that you've done? What, what do you find your heart being drawn to the most? Yeah, that's hard because I love so many things. But you love everything. I, yeah, right. Not so much food service, but I love <laughs> talking. My husband would attest to this. I just love talking. And so I love to do like education and public speaking. Those are my favorite. And I usually bring some sort of cooking component to it. And that I think I got pretty good at with Hy-Vee is, you know, I've got like my three totes of an electric skillet oh, sure. and this cutting board and this and that. And I can take a cooking show on the road, you know? So I guess that is what I love the most is whenever I can get out and actually talk to a group of people that just sets my heart on fire. I just love it. You love it. Well, that's good that you found ways to do that. And is that kind of what sparked your starting your own business and starting this new adventure in your life? Yeah, so it was kind of, um, it was not on my radar. If you had asked me in the spring when I cut my hours back at the hospital, if I was going to start my own business, I would have laughed at you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, you just I'm had a baby. Right. I'm going <laughs> to spend time with these children and like calm life <laughs> down a little bit. And so I had been staying home a couple months and I was just loving that now I had, I really had the time to, look for new recipes, new and creative recipes and get to the store and buy what I wanted and actually have the time to prepare the meals. And I was just chatting with my husband one night and I was like, I just love that I'm actually cooking the way that I wanted to, but I used to be too busy to, you know? And then I was like, this is crazy. People shouldn't have to quit their job to cook the way that they want to. And, and I'm sure there are plenty of people that are organized enough that they're cooking great meals and working full time and kudos to them. But I know a lot of people aren't. And so we were just kind of talking about that. And he goes, well, maybe you should help people with that now. And I was like, no, the point is that I'm doing it for myself now. Right. Yeah. You know, and he just kind of said it as a side note. And then I kind of pondered on it. You know, actually, you make a lot of sense. And as I think back through, <laughs> I will never tell him that, but he no, does make I was sense. like, we don't tell husbands they make sense. No, no. that's not loud. <laughs> that was my internal dialogue. Yes. Um, <laughs> but as I thought back through, okay, when I was working at Hy-Vee and working in, you know, outpatient and inpatient settings, so many people have said, you know, to the effect of, I'll eat what you tell me to. I just don't have time to figure it out. Like, just tell me what to eat and I'll eat it, right? 
And how many mm-hmm. times you, I'm sure you have this too. How many times do people come to you and can you write me a meal plan? Oh, and, yes. Right. When you're seeing someone once or maybe twice for a half hour or an hour and you're billing insurance and you just, you don't have the time to do that. It's not feasible, right? And maybe for some people, you can write like kind of a floating plan of like, well, choose one of these proteins and one of these carbs and one of these vegetables. And that works for some people. But I don't think that that works in the long run for your average family. You know, I'm really focusing Mm -hmm. on like the moms and dads who are trying to just get a decent meal on the table for their kids and they don't have very much time between supper time or between when they get home from work and when supper needs to be so they can get out the door to the next activity. And so I just got thinking, there really is a market for this. And I am passionate about families eating together. And I do think that I'm have the knowledge and the resources to help people with this. And so the random conversation on the couch ended up starting a business that fall. So <laughs> so maybe take me to the through the once you kind of decided because I think that's always the hardest part is like okay I'm going to decide to do this now what does it look like so how did you kind of put your plan together to get this all figured out yeah so um you know first I had to think about okay what's my focus really with these meals you know because you can go a lot of different ways and there are meal planning services out there you know for paleo or keto or whatever type of diet you want I tend to be a really all foods fit, do the best that you can kind of dietitian. And so Me too. I, <laughs> right? you know, if the people are having success with those types of diets, I'm happy for them and I'll help them modify however they want or need. But my focus really is the people who are eating out more than they want to, or they're making a lot of boxed meals because they just need something that's quick and easy. And I want to show them that we can cook pretty much from scratch and make really tasty meals and have a lot more vegetables. You know, that's my big thing is how can we get people to eat more vegetables? If we do that and nothing else, I'm happy. So absolutely. Because people don't eat vegetables at all. No, <laughs> you just don't. No. Yes, that's such a struggle. And I just love I literally just yesterday, I got an email from someone and she was like, I just signed up after trying the trial week. I'm so excited. I'm 38. And I just learned I like zucchini. Oh my gosh. You're like, right. (laughs) I know that made me so happy because it's true. If you, you know, if your parents didn't cook it when you were growing up, you don't know how to prepare it. Or maybe you've had it once or twice, but it wasn't prepared. Well, you may never try it again. And so Mm -hmm. that's really my focus is how can we show people that there are a lot of different ways to eat vegetables and they can be really yummy and really awesome. And like, you can actually crave them if you cook them the right way. Um, mm-hmm. so, so anyway, that's my thing is that my meal plans, I don't follow any sort of certain diet plan. They're really all foods fit. And, um, I just want it to work for the average family. And so some people, if you're super duper health conscious and you really like to eat clean or all that stuff, maybe some people might look at my recipes and say, Oh, I can't believe she's using, you know, bottled Worcestershire or something. But mm-hmm. that makes that makes yummy meals quickly. And, you know, I'm not worried about a teaspoon of Worcestershire in my recipe. And so you will see some of those types of things. But I show people how to how to cook 
without a can of cream soup. In my neck of the woods, every recipe starts with a nine by 13 can and a can of (laughs) cream of chicken soup. You know, so I've had a lot of people too, they're like, I didn't know you could cook so many things without cream soup, right? Wow. That's amazing. I try to to find the middle ground between like, we can cook mostly from scratch, but we don't have to make ourselves crazy about trying to avoid everything out there, you know? So anyway, that's kind of what the meals look like. But then the how did we put this together? I really wanted it to be something that people didn't even have to think about, like that it was such low cost that they were like, obviously, this is going to be helpful for me. And so we ended up just doing it for $5 a month because I don't ever want to be money to be the reason that someone can't do it. So I love that. For a while there, people were emailing me and they're like, are you, ma- you can't be making any money, can you? And I was like, well, not really yet, but I think down the road, you know. So anyway, so my, thankfully my husband is uh, pretty tech savvy. And so he actually built our website and he has been so helpful with um, the, the back end technology side of it. So that has been just amazing. So we had to get That's our website. a huge part. Oh, of a business, do you think? Because if you would contract that out, which most people do, and I mm-hmm. highly suggest if you don't have someone that does, you do that. But it sounds like you guys are like, it's teamwork. You're like he helps with that part. You help with the food part. And that's such a key component. Yeah. Yeah. I did not um, fancy myself going into business with my husband, but he has been really <laughs> great to work with. And That's yeah, it's, it's been a really good team because we have pretty clear cut, you know, I do this and you do that and, it, and it's working really well for us. So, um, yeah, it was probably around September of now I'm getting my years confused 2017 when we decided to start this. And so September, October was just building the website, coming up with uh, a database of recipes and, um, getting those kind of put together. And then, um, November was when we actually launched the business. And so far, pretty much everything has been Facebook and word of mouth marketing, which has been working really, really well. So so let's go back to so building a recipe database. That sounds like a huge undertaking. <laughs> huge. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Do yeah, you, because, did you tap into like old recipes and modify? I mean, how does how does one start? You know, because I feel like your service is amazing, and I think a lot of people want that kind of like you talked about. But there, again, you don't want it to get old. You want to keep being creative. How do you exactly. figure out how many recipes you need, and how are you? How do you wrap your head around that? Yeah, so I would say that probably the first like four months of meal plans were just recipes that I have already been making. I've always loved to cook. I always have cooked a lot. And so it was a lot of our family favorite ones for the first few months. And then each week I test anywhere from four to seven new recipes. And so my my family has not eaten the same meal <laughs> twice in the last year. Because <laughs> your test that's your taste testers, right? Yes. Sunday nights, I'll be like, okay, I'm caught up on recipe testing. What do you want? Like anything we've had before, what do you want? (laughs) But yeah, so I'm always working ahead testing on recipes. I kind of have 
a, a general layout of what types of meals I use each week. So I always have one slow cooker recipe, sometimes two, but at least one. Um, I always have a one pot recipe. I almost always have a sheet pan recipe. Um, in the summer, we always had one or two grilling recipes. In the winter, it's one or two soups. And so I'm kind of following that model and coming up with what I mean. Um, but yeah, it, it was a big undertaking at first to come up with the database because I didn't want to launch the business until I ha- knew I had enough recipes ready to go that I could be a few weeks ahead mm-hmm. and not be so down to the wire every week. <laughs> sure. So you're always constantly adding new recipes to fulfill your menus. Yes. Right now, on average, we have four to five new recipes every week and then two or three that are repeated from before. But it's usually a couple months before we repeat. That's amazing. That is amazing. I'm sure your family is just like, I mean, I'm sure they're great test taste testers and they give you really good feedback. Oh, they're troopers. They're the best. My my (laughs) daughter, I have to laugh at her every meal. She's like, this one's squeeze worthy or and I don't have many fails, but every now and then she'd be like, I would not put this one on meal squeeze mom. Oh my gosh. That's great. Oh my God. You have to tell me how you came up with the name. Yeah. So again, I hate to say this, but my husband helped me think of it too. I am not to give him a lot of credit, but we were trying to think of like, what is something clever? And we were in this premise of we really wanted our, our meals to be ready in about a half an hour so that even if you were really busy, you could squeeze in a meal. And so then that's where it came from. Meal that's a great, that's a great, yeah. I like that. I was, I, I figured it was kind of something like that, but I always like to hear the story behind the name because there always is a great story and your husband's so we helpful. Had, we had some real <laughs> stinkers that we threw out there first, but I'm happy with where we landed. <laughs> The first couple months before launch, you did the kind of like the back work, you did the the website, you did all the kind of database. Did you put, um, when it comes to your meal planning, because you put out a, a week at a time, correct? Is that yes. how this, tell me how the subscription works for those that don't are familiar with your, with your plan. Yeah. So um, we actually, now we have two different levels of, of our membership. And so our basic plan is just $5 a month. And With that, every Wednesday, you get emailed a PDF version of the meal plan. And the meal plan has seven complete dinner recipes. So it's your entree and any sides and one small batch dessert recipe. And then with that, you get um, a categorized grocery list. You get a simple weekend prep list. So things like, you know, chopping onions or maybe baking some potatoes or cooking some brown rice. Stuff you can do on the weekend to save some time during the week. And then... We also include conversation starters. So these are just fun little things. You can cut them out, put them in a hat, and then go around the table and each draw one each night. And it's just to help get you out of the normal, like, how was your day? What did you do at school? (laughs) Kind of conversation. Yes. Some of them are just ridiculous. And then some of them are a little more thought provoking. So, you know, uh, but I wasn't sure if people would use them or not, but I have a lot of people that say they just love them and they wish we would have even more every week. So that's kind of fun. That Um, is very, and that's a great idea. Yeah. I I like to hear what people are doing with them, but Mm -hmm. so yeah. So then our PDFs, they are scaled to either two, four, six, or eight servings because I was trying to think of like all the different 
problems that people have when they plan their own meals. Okay, so first you have to find the recipes, right? And I've taken care of that for you. And then maybe you find an entree you really like, but you can't think of what sides to go with it. So I took care of that for you. And then you got to make your grocery list and make sure you didn't forget anything. So I took care of the grocery list for you. Um, and, and then, yeah, the prep list just helps you save time. But now I forget where I was going with this. <laughs> just kind of how you, when you're creating the menus, how you put them, what thought process you went through to put them together for everybody. Yeah. I was going to say something about, oh, the scaling. Okay. So then the other issue is, let's say you're cooking for a big family. And so you find this recipe online and it's like, well, it serves four to six, right? So now you have to double this recipe. And if if people are like me, you start doubling a recipe and then halfway through cooking, you forget that you're doubling, mm-hmm. right? Anybody else ever totally. do that? Or, or you're Absolutely. having and you forget that you're having. So <laughs> yes. I... <laughs> I scale the recipes ahead of time for you and I scale the grocery list. So you don't have to do any more math. So people can choose what serving size they or how many servings they need each week. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I try to cover a lot of bases. (laughs) Yeah, you did. And do they, when you, I'm sorry, when you um, sign up, when I need to sign up so I can experience this, when you sign up, do you kind of have like a checklist for the person that's kind of signing up? Like, you know, how many are you cooking for? Are there any special dietary requests? That type of stuff? Um, No, it's pretty straightforward. We used to ask, how many are you cooking for? But I found that that actually kind of fluctuates for people. We have quite a few families that, you know, maybe have split custody. And so one week they're making four servings and then the next week they need to make six. Um, And so people were contacting a lot about going back and forth between the serving sizes. And so what I, how I do it now is that each Wednesday I just send a a MailChimp email and there's buttons in there that you can click that take you directly to the PDF. So you have access to all the different serving sizes. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Wow. And I, I don't accommodate special dietary needs right now. I just, I just don't have the capacity to do it. But what I always tell people is that if you have special needs, you know, shoot me an email and I'm happy to help you come up with substitutions. Like I have a few people that are, I actually have a lot of people that with allergies and everything's usually pretty easy to make modifications to. But even like I have one person who's like, my husband is eating keto and I'm not like, what are some little things I can do to change his, you know? And so I just send her a quick email of, you know, take this out, do this instead. And and that's kind of how we deal with the modifications on the basic plan. For right now, until you are so overwhelmed, you need to hire somebody <laughs> to do yes, that. <laughs> right. If I can hand off some of the, the back end work, then I think I could do that. But, you know, right now sure. we're still in startup phase. And so I do what I can. Mm-hmm. But then in response to people wanting to be able to customize a little bit more and um, people wanting a mobile grocery list, we recently launched our premium membership, which is $7 a month, and that comes with a mobile app. And so in the app, you have a mobile grocery list, so you can take your phone to the store and check things off as you go at the store instead of having to have your paper. Um, you can also customize your meal plan, so it actually has like a calendar planner in it, so you can drag and drop any of our meals, but then you can also input your family favorites, or you can input things that you like from Pinterest or from this blog or that blog. And you can put them all on your planner and then the app will make your grocery list for you. 
And so oh that's working really well because we have a lot of people, you know, we do seven recipes every week, but it's not because I expect everyone to make seven recipes. That's just kind of how I offer some customization, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have a lot of people that they'll make like four meal squeeze recipes and then they'll make three of their family favorites. So then they were still having to hand write their grocery list for those three meals. But now they can put them in the app and all they have to do is drag and drop and it makes their grocery list for them. That's amazing. So this is the Meal Squeeze app? It's actually the app is called Modern Meal. So we've been working with them. Um, So they created the app and it's been just a super good partnership. But they normally it's like nine or ten dollars a month to have a Modern Meal subscription. And they have just been awesome to work with. And they were like, yeah, we love what you're doing. And so we worked out special pricing. So you can add that app to your Meal Squeeze membership for just two dollars a month. That is really cool. How did you, is this an app that you used in the past yourself or how did you come across them? No. So we did a a member survey a few months ago and just trying, you know, we were, I don't know, eight, nine months in and we just kind of wanted to see what features are people using and liking? What ones are we not using? You know, is there something else that we should be adding in? And a lot of people said, we love it. The only thing we would love is if there was a mobile grocery list. That was the big thing was people just wanted a mobile grocery list, which I totally get. Um, Yes. So we started looking around. Well, first we looked at, okay, what does it cost to develop your own app? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) What is, yeah, what does it cost? I'm curious. Well, I suppose it depends on what your um, needs are, but I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so, really, yeah, to be able huh. to make it totally custom and to to what we needed to be able to do. And we're like, well, uh, we don't You're have like, the cash flow no, for that yeah, at this point. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and my husband's tech savvy, but not that tech savvy. So, um, <laughs> so then we started looking around, is there something else out there that would meet the needs that we have, even if it's not specifically, you know, created for us. And we came across Modern Meal. And what they had been doing is mostly it was kind of a platform for um, dietitians and chefs and a few other types of health professionals to use to meal plan for their clients. Oh, And so, you know, it was more of like a Uh, you know, maybe private practice dietitian and they want to make their own meal plans. And so they can put it all into this meal, this planner and then send it to their client. And so we reached out to them and we were like, well, we have, you know, about a thousand clients that we want to do this for. And, and they were like, oh, we're listening. And so, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So we ended up just kind of chatting with them and they, they, I can't say how amazing they've been. They've added a lot of features specifically for us to make it the right experience for our meal squeeze members. And yeah, it's, it's been super, super. That's amazing. And so do you just, cause I'm curious, did you go with like a contract that you are working with them and then you pay them some type of fee to use them with your business or how does that work when you maybe work with an app company? Yeah. So, um, we have a health professional account. So that's how they were originally set up, right? And so we pay, it's a pretty nominal fee, but just to have access to it every month and be able to put our own recipes and stuff in. And then they um, came up with enterprise pricing for us. So we pay X amount for zero to 500 people and then X amount per person for 500 to 1,000 people. 
And so we're paying up front. We had to, that was kind of the scary part was we had to just guess how many of our members we would get converted at first. Oh, wow. And so that would be hard. Yeah. So the first couple months we overshot a little bit, but we we would rather have room to, to grow than, you know, not have had enough spots. And so, yeah, we just guessed how many people we would get converted right away. And then, um, as, as more people sign up for it, then our tier will go up and we'll, the pricing will change a little bit, but yeah, it's an enterprise pricing type setup. Very interesting. See something I didn't even know anything existed about that. (laughs) Yeah. And this is another perfect example of like, if you don't see what you need, just ask because this wasn't something that they, yeah, this wasn't something that they marketed it being this type of platform, but we just reached out to them and we're like, this is close to what we need. What could we do? And the CEO called us back the next day and he was like, yeah, let's let's do this. And so it took a couple months to get it up and running just because they did make quite a few changes for us, but it has been working so well. That's great. Wow. Interesting. So maybe talk to me also too about, you know, you said that you mentioned that you're doing a lot of social media advertising and that's been a great way to grow your business. What did, how did, how did the growth start and did it meet your expectations, exceed your expectations? Maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So we started, you know, I think how most people start was made a business page and then shared it on my personal page. And I was like, Hey friends, can you please (laughs) share this? You know? And so what we did to, to kick off is we did a um, KitchenAid stand mixer giveaway just to get people sharing our posts. And so we did that for, I think it was like the first two or three weeks that we started just to get people sharing and get it to show up in people's news feeds. Mm-hmm. And I would guess, I guess I would say that that initial launch was slower than I expected. I was, I was a little feeling a little down at first. <laughs> For you, was it just hard because you were like, oh man, I really thought this was going to go better. Yeah. I I was just like, everybody needs this. Why, why would people not think they need this? Right. I mean, everybody has to eat. You've got to eat something. Why not try this? And so, Mm -hmm. but I think it's just the whole Facebook algorithm thing. It's hard to get your stuff to show up to people. And so the first little bit was a little bit slow going, but then we really picked up momentum after the new year, which was to be expected. You know, people were done with all their holiday travels and engagements and they were ready to start cooking at home again. And so then it really started to pick up. And then, oh, I forget exactly when, somewhere around February or March, we started a referral system. And so we use what's called Lead Dino. And it automatically tracks, we, we can have people sign up as affiliates and then they have unique links that they can share and it automatically tracks their referrals. And so we give actually 50% of the subscription back to the affiliate who made that referral. Oh, and wow. that really, really helped grow our business. And that we still see our affiliates are by far our most effective marketing tool. Every so often we do um, different promotions with them. You know, we did like a um, Blendtec blender giveaway for them. Uh, and there were a few things they had to do, share it here and share it there and whatnot. And then they could be entered in to win this blender. And we do different promotions with them. And we just have huge results because people want to hear from people. They actually know that they like something. 
Mm-hmm. Right. They don't want to just see a Facebook ad and then maybe that help that works sometimes, but they really want to know if their best friend really likes this service that makes them perk up and listen. Right. So that has been huge for us. And how did you, how did that get on your radar? Because I think maybe a lot of us don't even know that something, you know, we see affiliates for brands and, you know, products and things like that, but I would have never thought, oh, I have this business. I can create affiliates myself. Yeah, I think we were just talking about how word of mouth is really working. And we were we wanted to know how could we get outside of just Northwest Iowa. You know, mm-hmm. we had a lot of members right here, but we wanted to spread out. And so we were trying to think of how could we capitalize on this friend's friend signing up and then telling their friends, you know, and, and sure. kind of grow our geographical area. And so again, it was just searching around for what we needed. Um, we use Stripe as our payment processor. And then we have so many different like <laughs> technology things. I'm like, okay, I need a cheat sheet. I need to write these things down. Cause like, when you sign up, you know, that's not, that goes through our website. Well, then paid members app is the thing that actually gives you access to our website because we wanted to make sure people could log in right away. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Stripe is what processes the payments. Well, so we were looking for what talks with Stripe. We need everything to be able to talk to each other because we can't add more administrative stuff to ourselves. Like I just, I don't have any more time. Right. You don't have time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So lead dino talks with Stripe. They're like, they're just BFFs. And so we end up finding <laughs> out that this would work really well. Everything talks to each other. It's pretty seamless. And so, yeah, we just thought, let's, let's give this flowing. a go. Yeah. Like, you know, MLMs work because people want to hear from their friends, the people that they know about a product that they like. Well, this is the same kind of idea. You don't sign, you know, you don't sign people up under you. You don't have teams mm-hmm. and you're not it's not this whole like pyramid of I make money off of Jim selling it to Karen. Sure. It's just one step away, but it's worked really, really well. What a great idea. I love that you've done that. I know. Also, I love your, I mean, the photos that you put on your social media, that alone makes me hungry. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I, I edit them at night. And so like, Two nights ago, I was editing them all to get ready for this week. And I'm like, I can't do this at 10 o'clock at night. I get so hungry. Get hungry. <laughs> I'm like, I want nachos. I want, <laughs> I, want nach- I want that soup. That looks delicious. Yes. Yeah. And I, your meals are so approachable. Like I really think, like you said, you just want people to, you know, cook more at home, make meals that your family will enjoy and still have, you know, them created by a registered dietitian and have all those good components that are make it well balanced. So I think that you, yeah, you do a great job with that. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, you know, we like to throw in some fun ones too. My thought is if you're cooking at home more, sometimes you want to cook something that's similar to what you would get if you went out. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so we do ribs every now and then we do, you know, I try to do lightened up Mexican favorites. We had some baked flautas a week or two ago that were just those awesome. Those so good. I have, they yes. So good. so good. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and we did like Mongolian beef with lo mein. So some of those are, they are a little bit more calories or a little bit more fat or whatever than I would make all of our meals. But 
if you can make an awesome meal that tastes as good as going out at home, then that's worth it to me sometimes, especially when we, we live, there's not very many restaurants here. We have to make mm-hmm. our, our good stuff at home, you know? So. Well, it's we always better. Get, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Yeah. We just try to get a little bit of everything. So, And that's good. Cause I always feel like too, if I always feel like, and maybe you have the same perspective that if you can make it at home, it's always still going to be healthier than if you ate it out. Yes. Like, okay, if you make ribs and it's, I don't know, 15 grams of saturated fat at home for a serving, I guarantee it's double if you're going out, you know? Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Double, if not triple. <laughs> exactly. And I've had people email and be like, we actually are not going out to eat very much anymore because it's so salty to us now when mm. we go out. When you're used to keeping your sodium in check at home, a lot of times mm-hmm. restaurants do take, especially, you know, like fast food restaurants, they do taste too salty for a lot of people Thank now. You. So there's a win yeah. too. Vegetables yeah. and decreased sodium intake. Perfect. Right. <laughs> so I guess I have one final question I'm drilling you about your business. So you talked about people are like, how is she making money off of this? So $5 <laughs> and $7 seems so reasonable to me. I mean, is that, is that, a, I know that you said earlier, you're like, I just want people to be able to cook at home. The money really isn't that big of a deal. Why do you offer it for this price? And how did, and how do you want to make money on it? Or do you just really enjoy what you're doing? Well, I mean, obviously people like to make money, right? Yeah. But <laughs> the thing is, I, I quit my job to stay home more with my kids. And so we knew financially we were taking that step anyway. And so, um, I'm not necessarily needing this income, but certainly I'm putting a lot of time, way more time you than are. I ever anticipated into yeah. it. <laughs> I told my husband, I never imagined I would work so much when I quit my job. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, I am to the point right now where I'm putting in way more time than I anticipated. And so I do want to see some return on that. And we're definitely getting to that point. But right. the idea with, with going with a, uh, less expensive subscription model is that one, I'm confident people will love it if they try it. And so I just don't want it to be a barrier for them to even try it. And two, the way that we've set things up, it works really well for economies of scale because it's not exponentially more work with every person I get signed up. So there's room that if we can really get a lot of people, I can make less on each person and and it'll still work out, right? We knew Mm -hmm. that for the first year or two, we we weren't going to make money on this model. And that's okay because I'm really having fun and I'm really liking it. Um, But down the road, I do think that it it could be a really good business model for us. And it's really flexible. I mean, I have a ton of work, but I can do it when I want to. I can do it after my kids go to bed. I can do it during nap, you know. Um, I can, we can leave for the weekend and we can do it from a hotel room. So there's a lot of pros to it for sure. But it really came back to, I just didn't want anyone to say, this is too expensive for me to even try. Like, I like the idea, but I can't afford it. I just didn't want that to be an option. I love that. What a great, that's a that's a great business model in itself of, you know, just having that mindset and then you're going to be rewarded later with people yeah. finding that same they just probably are like, wow, she really cares about me wanting to eat and she's not going to charge me $50 a month for a meal plan. Yes, it's true. I do. I just want people to do it. Like even when working clinical, I just feel bad at what we have to charge when we're billing insurance. Like I just don't want to do that. I just want it to be accessible for people. 
you know? And it needs to be. It needs yeah. to be. I feel like our our jobs as dietitians is just to be accessible as much as possible because everybody needs us. Yes. We need us. <laughs> I know. Preach. <laughs> well, I love, I absolutely, I'm going to have to, and you have a seven day free trial, correct? I need to sign yes. up. Yes. When I'm, when yeah, I'm definitely not traveling, so I can actually make your meals. And I hope other dietitians out there even recommend your services because, like you said, there's so many of us that get, hey, can you make me a meal plan? Can you give me this or can you put this together? And I actually started recommending some of my clients to go to your website to see what you have to offer because that's exactly awesome. what they need. Thank you. Yes, we have been, I have been starting to reach out to more dietitians. I do have quite a few in my area that are that are promoting it because yeah, you're right. When you're depending on what your position is, you might just not have time to sit down and do, and do a meal plan. It's not that any dietitian wouldn't have the know-how. It's it comes down to time. And so I do think that there's a great opportunity to work with other dietitians too and make this be available to their clients. So I think if any fantastic. dietitians are listening and they're interested, they can always shoot me an email and we can even customize it and that type of thing. So that would be it. That would, I, yes, highly recommend it because I know I don't enjoy doing meal plans. Like that's not my thing at all. No, <laughs> I would rather take my nails and put them down a chalkboard because it's just like you said, probably more of the time, but also just where do you begin? Like that's the hard part. And it mm-hmm. sounds like you have a really good idea of what people just with what you've done so far, what people want, what they want to cook at home what tastes good. And you're getting some great feedback on that. Yeah, we have a Facebook group for our members, which has just been awesome because like each week we have a poll for people to vote for which meals were their favorites. So I know which ones should we repeat sooner. And um, every night I post the picture of what's coming up the next day and say, you know, don't forget to thaw your ground beef or whatever. And it's just fun to see people comment, oh, I made this last night and it was awesome. And I'm going to make this again. And uh, my this was the first time my two year old would ever eat spinach, and it, it's fun to see all that feedback. Oh my god, what a great idea too! I never thought about. Is it like a private just for members that you have for the Facebook group for? It's actually open to anyone because it used to be private just to members. But I thought you know it actually gives really good insight to people who are thinking about signing up to be able to come and see what's it actually like and what are what are our members actually saying about the meals and. Um, that's a good place that people ask if they have any substitution needs or that type of thing. So it's good for people who are even on the fence thinking about it to see. So, well, I'm going to go sign. I'm going to go follow that too. So then I can just be hungry all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so great. I love what you're doing. And I'm, I'm so glad you could share with my audience what you're doing and how you can even help other dietitians. Cause I think that's, Let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's, you know, support each other and use each other's resources. I think that's great. Exactly. Well, thank you. I do have some fun. I asked you all these hard questions about your business. And honestly, I think that you gave, gave some great insight of just some different aspects about business that maybe people don't think about. So I appreciate you sharing your knowledge about that so far too. Yeah. Thanks for having <laughs> me. My last little unsolicited piece of advice was even if you don't think you're a business person, just try it. Because I would never have called myself a businesswoman either, but it's been awesome. 
And now you to- you're totally a boss babe now. Well, you and you, right. I don't know how you're finding time for all of this stuff because you, when you're saying all the things that you do for these meals, I'm, I was like, that's good. That would take me a whole month to do one week of prep with like the grocery list. And yeah, you get a oh lot more gosh. efficient as you go. Don't worry. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Wow. That's what you do. You put a lot of thought into what you're doing. So that's amazing. My and house is a disaster, so I don't do it all. Don't worry. <laughs> well, and, you, and you still have to cook for your family. So I think it's kind of a, a win-win that you get to try out new things. And you get to cook and you get to feed your family. Exactly. You get to share that with the world and your business. Yeah, it works really well. That's fun. That's fun. Okay, so now you got to answer all my other tough questions. Everyone says these are the toughest questions that I ask you. But will you share with me your favorite foods that you enjoy? Yes, this is a hard question. I was thinking about this last night because I like almost anything. But if I had to say, if I broke it down into like categories, my favorite snack is roasted red pepper hummus with cucumbers. Ooh. My favorite like store-bought treat is caramel bugles. I didn't even know those those existed. (laughs) You need to go get a bag. Caramel bugles? I didn't even know they existed. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'll put that on so my list. Good. That's my road trip snack. <laughs> road and trip. then my favorite restaurant food is there's a restaurant in Ames that makes lamb fried rice and it is amazing. Lamb fried rice. Interesting. Yes. What's the name of the restaurant? <sighs> I knew you were going to ask me that and I can't remember because remember? it changed names. When oh, I was God, in good. college, it was called 2020 and it's not called that anymore. Um, but it still exists. Yes, it still exists. Huh. Interesting. I, and I, it's lamb a, is difficult. I don't know if I love it, hate it. I kind of have, I kind of go back and forth. So that'd be interesting. Yeah. It's super good in this. I know I'm not like a huge lamb lover otherwise, but it's really good in that. Good one. Uh, please share with me your favorite beverage or beverages. Uh, coffee is life. <laughs> Light roast, black, pour over method. And otherwise, oh. my favorite, like, mixed drink, I make mojitos a lot at home. I make fojitos mm. during the day, and then I make mojitos at night. <laughs> fojitos during the day. You must grow mint at your house then. Do you have I mint do. everywhere? It's the only thing yeah. I successfully grow. It grows, it's like, mint. amazing in the Midwest. It, it just... It does. like, skyrocket. So, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Fojitos during the day. Okay. I think you need yes. a bumper sticker in your car that says that. <laughs> Fojitos all day, mojitos all night. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite scent or a smell? Um, I love the smell of sautéed onions and garlic. Mm. Like, I would love if my house just smelled like that all the time. Freshly sautéed, right? Not like yes. second day Yeah, sauteed. not like stale <laughs> bio onions, but like freshly sautéed. Yes. Freshly sautéed. <laughs> Do you have a favorite or, color? Oh, go ahead. So I was going to say maybe fresh baked bread would be my other oh, favorite smell. Yes. That is. Can a you great tell I like smell. food? All my things are food yeah, related. A little bit. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> we're, we're, that's just kind of our nature, I think, as dietitians. Yep. <laughs> Um, and then favorite color. So here's a fun fact. I'm actually colorblind. You are. Which is pretty rare in women. Um, so I don't know that I see things the same way, but I would say teal is my favorite color. Interesting. But so you see no color at all? No, I do see colors. I just don't see them right. 
Gotcha. They're just different. Yeah. Yeah. There's another lady I had on my podcast, um, Marie from Dietitian Connection. She's also colorblind. She's a dietitian too. And so there's two of you that have, I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. I know. (laughs) Teal's a popular color. But it um, is a nice color. It is. It's a very pretty color. So why don't you share with me what brings you joy? I love baby giggles. I mean, I think everyone loves baby giggles, but I just love when my kids are laughing, especially when they're laughing together or outside of them. I would say just being outside in nature. We live in town, but we have a field in our backyard. And so we recently got a hammock to go at the end of our backyard. And so I can just look out over the field and watch the sunset. And it's amazing. It's a perfect time of year for that too. Yes. Oh, how wonderful. Your baby giggles. I bet you have lots of those in your house right now. <laughs> we do. They're the best. They're the Remember worst, that. Too, but they're the best. <laughs> Remember that when they're 15 and 18 and, <laughs> and they're sassy. And yeah. I, know. I, I know. can't remember when we had good giggles in the house. Maybe you should record a few of those to remind you. <laughs> remember when you were sweet? Look at this. Yeah. Well, it'll come back around, right? <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And I'm sure you have a busy day ahead. And um, I hope everyone reaches out to you and, you know, gets in touch with you about your resources and, and your meal squeeze. You can find it on Instagram, meal squeeze, right? Is the handle at meal squeeze. Yep. Yep. And then also your website is meal squeeze.com. Awesome. I'll put that on Facebook too. Yeah, and I will do that. And I'll put all those links in the show notes. So if anyone's interested, please reach out to Anya. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. I have recommended her meal plans to many clients I've been working with lately. And I really enjoy that she includes a dessert in her seven-day plan. I think that's a must. I think what resonates the most with me about Tanya's dedication to her business is that she really doesn't want to make costs hold anyone back from using her services. This is such a great way to approach business and adding value to our customers' lives. How can all of us do that for our clients and what we are providing them? Some great food for thought. Also, I really recommend signing up for a free seven-day trial to get a feel for her services and maybe it'll be something that you can incorporate into your own practice. I know I will be doing this when I am back from traveling a few weeks here and there and to really give it a try myself. My website, annelizabethardy.com, is where you can read the latest in my Nutrition Nauseous blog that houses all the stories of my inspirational Hell Yeah happenings, the food I am noshing on, music inspiring my life, and maybe a really delicious Real Deal recipe. At the end, I always want to share with you some things that I'm loving right now, and you can find all my previous podcast show notes and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these inspiring humans. If you are into reading, you can also purchase my book from the website, and I hope we can connect more on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.